0: Hello everyone! Welcome to my channel. My name is Federico, and this is Wilson Fire. And here we are again with another podcast. Once again, we return after almost two weekends, um, and this time we are going to talk about something very interesting. And at the same time, you are probably expecting it, which is the French Grand Prix, the race that we saw yesterday. And I have to admit that it was a very exciting race, very surprising from considering the results, uh, the action that we saw, and the fact that we saw a lot of action in in these Grand Prix, in this circuit, then that's very impressive because the last two years that we were here, uh, 2018 and 2019, uh, we didn't see much of an action and they weren't really interesting races, but this time it really was. Plus, let me tell you that, as you all may know, Last year, uh, Formula One wasn't able to compete in, in, in the French Grand Prix, so we are returning for the first time since 2019. So I think that the right thing would be, as we do in many podcasts, to talk a little bit about the highlights from this race, from the, from the weekend in general, uh, considering the, the performance and the results from uh, the teams and the drivers. First of all, to start this summarize, to start this ha- highlight, I have to admit that there were no DNF on this race. Absolutely no one. Which is surprising, considering the fact that, the, that in the last few races this season there were at least one. There was at least one. And, and also, in the past races here, there was at least one DNF. Uh, probably many collisions at the, at the beginning. But there wasn't. But, the well, as always, as usual actually, Nikita Maserpin finished last. He started 18th on the grid. Once again, a really, a really poor weekend for the Russian driver, and a really poor weekend for Has. Nothing else to say, really, and I don't see, I don't see really a, a bigger door of improvement for him. Ahead of him, in 19th position, finished his teammate, as I said, Mick Schumacher. Uh, the only, the only particularity that I can mention from from this is that. He started 15th on the grid, which means that he got into Q2 for the first time in his career. But the reason why he got into Q2 wasn't really because of something great he did or because his performance, his pace was great. No, just because he, at at Q1, a few minutes before the end, he crashed. Uh, So so thanks to it, there were other drivers behind, couldn't do a lap time. and, And that's the reason why he got into Q2, but he couldn't even compete. Uh, in that q2 and then immediately after the start he jumped from from p15 to to the position that he finished in then it's nicolas latifi who finished in 18th position he started 16th on the grid once again knocked out of q1 and this is an image that we are getting used to see in practically every race this season which is nicolas latifi finishing in that position and ahead of the Haas drivers Uh, that's really all really uh, the same thing that I said with the with both Mick Schumacher and Nikita Masipin I don't see really a, much of a, a door of improvement here Because the car is not competitive and they are after all they are still far away from From a points finish That's the reason really both the race and the, and even the the qualifying session Then it's Kimi Räikkönen who finished in 17th position He, he studied in that same one and it is a shame really it was I think it was a really bad weekend for for the former world champion and i have to admit that even though the alfa romeo car is not really competitive that's something that we have been seeing for for at least two or three years still i think it could have been better but he was quite unlucky from these red flags that that came into q1 two red flags in total and he couldn't do a better lap time which was something that he could have initially done but well that's what that's what happens and sometimes you're just unlucky that's all the driver who was uh, who really had a, a very tough Sunday was Charles Leclerc, the driver from Monaco started seventh on the grid, and what a shame! Really, I, I don't really know what happened not only to him but to the Ferrari, to the Ferrari in general. I, I I have to admit that their qualifying session was very strong, very strong, and and initially the race was was initially uh, really really good, at least the first half of the race. Even after the pit stop, he was ahead of. Uh, other drivers like Carlos Sainz, uh, Daniel Ricciardo, Pierre Gasly, uh, drivers that he was fighting for at, at least fifth position. Uh, but then he sp- I don't know what happened to his pace. He just lost it all. Uh, the strategy wasn't the best by Ferrari, I have to admit that. Uh, but but he's, he lost his pace. Then he did a second pit stop for the soft tires in the end. But uh, again, it didn't work. It, it just didn't work. Then Antonio Kibinazzi finished in 15th position, he started 13th on the grid. Well, once again, Antonio able to get into Q2, uh, clearly, with no problem. But, well, the, um, still it was a very poor race, considering what, what we have been seeing from him over the probably since the beginning of the season, all right? Because he was always very close of the points finish, at least finishing, you know, P11, maybe P12... He was often very close uh, to that to those positions but this time he he just wasn't and the same goes for Esteban Ocon who finished in 14th position he was knocked out of of q2 for a little a little time really he started 11th on the grid um a really poor race for from Esteban Ocon i, I thought it could have been better especially considering that the alpine team uh, they have been improving a lot in terms of uh, the results and also the the how competitive the car is little by little becoming and if you also consider the result that his teammate had in this race and in the past race uh, then i think there is really a a, a big room of improvement for for steban ocon in in the upcoming races then we have the japanese driver yuki sunoda who finished in 13th position well I mean he's hard considering the fact that he had to start from the pit lane because he crashed at the beginning of Q1 on Saturday. Well, I think it it was a nice race. He that means that he overtook seven drivers, all right, which is a lot. Uh, it is a lot really and, and and in this track in particular, it is not easy at all. But here what I have to admit uh, or what I have to say as a as a conclusion is that I think he has to be a little more, more patient in mostly in qualifying sessions on Saturdays because this is actually not the first time that he crashes on on the on Saturdays and those crashes are the ones that usually ruin his career. Because, see, sorry, his career, not his races, because when you crashed, especially at Q1, which is something that often happens to him. Uh, then immediately you have to start or from the pit lane or from uh, or from last position. And, and really how hard it is going to be, especially for, or especially for him that he has an alpha tower, how difficult it is for him to uh, to actually start the race last and then finish inside the points. Not impossible, but really difficult. So if he... And, and actually I think that he can improve a lot. Definitely the, r- the reason why he's maybe in this position making this kind of mistakes is just because he's a rookie still. Because if you because the car may be able to get better results. Uh, after all, you see his teammate, Peter Gasly, and there you have the answer. But then the driver that surprised me a lot, really, today was George Russell. He finished P12. He started 14th on the grid once again, getting into Q2. I think in every single race this season, he got into Q2. Now they call him Mr. Q2, which is a great name. And I'm sure in, in the near future, it's going to be Mr. Q3. And especially because he does it with a, with a Williams and what was really surprising about his race is that This result this particular result was completely unpredictable at the beginning of the race as I said He started p14, but immediately he went down three places at least to p17 But then after the the pit stop he he started, he had a, a, a really strong pace. He overtook uh, many drivers like Hyovinazzi, uh, Ocon even to at the end of the race and the last few laps and he was also uh, chasing the driver ahead of him in the end he couldn't he couldn't do it but he was uh, getting really close probably uh, once at least one second faster to many cars and even there was one of his last laps was like the the fifth fastest of the whole race really and considering the fact that he's in a Williams and that car is still not competitive unfortunately then I have to admit that it was really, really impressive. And, and you know, George Russell keeps impressing me a lot with that Williams. There are races that, of course, he makes mistakes. Um, of course, you say, well, he could ha- could have been much better. But after all, in the end, I think he's doing a, a really good job. And it is a matter of time. I hope this season, that, that those ones, uh, th- this prediction was actually one that I made. I think that in this season, he may be able to finish inside the top 10 with a Williams at least once. Then it is Carlos Sainz who finished ahead of George Russell in P11. Uh, really poor race for Sainz considering that he started fifth on the grid. He had one of the strongest quali- one of his strongest qualifying sessions, a very similar one to, to Baku. He finished exactly in that same place uh, on Saturday. But then in the race, I just don't know what happens really. The first half of the race, similar to Charles Leclerc actually, the first half of the race was uh, a really strong one. He defended his position against many other drivers like his teammate or um, uh, Pierre Gasly, Fernando Alonso, even Daniel Ricciardo. But in the end after the pit stop, he just lost the the pace. Daniel Ricciardo did an undercut on him and and after that he went far far away. So I don't really know what happened to to Carlos Sainz and to the Ferrari in general, just not 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 just the strategy but also the pace. The the pace just wasn't there and which is kind of weird considering that since the beginning of the season we have been seeing a big improvement, uh, a big progress from, from Ferrari, uh, scoring even podiums, So and a and backway was a very strong race from both, especially from Charles Leclerc, who finished fourth. But I don't know what really happened here, I don't know, I guess they have to check it out and, and become stronger ahead of next race. And then now heading inside the top ten, we have the two Aston Martins. First, Lance Stroll, He finished B10, he started 19th on the grid, and what a race it was by Stroll. Um, Let's remember that he started in that position because he couldn't complete a a single lap time due to to the red flags at Q1, uh, due to the crash from Yuki Tsunoda. So yes, he was really unlucky. He told that that same thing to his engineer, um, but his race was pretty good, and I think that one... The one uh, one similarity that we can see in this race from the other one was that Lance Stroll went from the back, like inside the top ten. This time, at least, he could finish and inside the points, unlike Baku. But it was a really good race, and his teammate Sebastian Vettel finished ahead of him in P19, in P9. Sorry, he was once again knocked out of Q2. He started 12th on the grid, but it was a really strong performance. Um, not as good as the one that we saw in the past two races in Monaco and, ba- and Baku, but still three points, uh, sorry, two points that are definitely going to be very useful for him and for Aston Martin. And what I really like, what I really liked a lot about this, this race from the Aston Martin drivers was that once again they decided to use a, a strategy completely different to the rest. They decided to extend their first pit stop, the only one that they did actually, uh, in order to do the overcuts to many other drivers. And, and that is exa- especially Sebastian Vettel, who pitted at around lap 35, the last driver to pit. Even there were drivers who were pitting for the second time, and he still hadn't with, that, with those hard tires. And I think the overcut was great, because he, let's, let's take this into account. Before the... well, during the first half of the race, he was far away from the points, far away from, from other drivers, like, again, uh, the Ferrari drivers, Pierre Gasly... Mm, Esteban Ocon to name a few that were fighting for those positions but then in the end he finished ahead of many of them uh, and very close of one of others that finished behind him uh, sorry ahead of him so I think that the strategy that we're seeing from Aston Martin over the past few races they are definitely great and they are able to, to get very interesting overcuts in, in, in one side they do, it, they do it because they have the tools to do it, as Sebastian Vettel is a driver that definitely has this kind of experience and knows how to save the tires, uh, but, it, but as I mentioned several times before, uh, it is uh, saving the tires, I think it is an attribute that every driver should have if they want to be more competitive, but that is exactly what Sebastian Vettel has, and no wonder why he has a lot of experience, no wonder why he has a lot of achievements in this sport. But then, great news is that Fernando Alonso finished P eight. He was once again in Q three, specifically ninth on the grid, and his race was excellent. Really, w- was excellent once again, saving Alpine's weekend, uh, similar to Baku. And I, I really liked his race because he was always in the fight for those uh, mid car places against. Uh, the Ferrari drivers, the McLaren drivers, and even Peter Gasly, and seeing like a, a different face uh, from a different team in those kind of places, in those kind of positions, fighting, attacking, and defending in those kind of positions, I think it is definitely something, something positive and something fresh for the for the races in general. So I I really liked it, and I and I do think that Fernando Alonso is bringing a lot to Alpine, and this is definitely going to become very positive. For the rest of the season and maybe ahead of the next one. Then it is Pierre Gasly who finished in seventh position, he started sixth. And what a race! Once again, a very impressive race from Pierre Gasly. Of course, not as good as the Baku Grand Prix where he finished inside the podium. But, well it was really a strong performance once again fighting against other drivers who had a much competitive car much more competitive uh, the, again the mclaren and ferrari drivers fernando alonso similar to to what i have been mentioning so far and, and i really have to say it is impressive what pierre gasly is doing since his devotion from red bull to alfa tauri well it was actually to toro rosso in 2019 he has been doing an excellent job he matured so much as a driver and definitely, if he has the chance to go to a competitive team, whether it's, I don't know, Red Bull in the future or other competitive team, or at least more competitive than AlphaTauri, I think he would do great. He would do great and it would be a, a new chapter in his life where definitely the results uh, would, would come. But that's all I, all I have to say. Everything positive from Pierre Gasly. He didn't make mistakes, uh, which is very interesting and very hard at the same time. So what can i tell you i i really wish that that he can get similar results or if it's possible even better uh, in the next few races and then we have ahead of them as the best of the rest the mclaren drivers once again first of all daniel ricciardo finished sixth he started 10th on the grid uh, once getting into key three for the first time since the spanish grand prix and what a race it was by daniel i think the best race since he's a mclaren driver because he felt so much, he felt really confident with the car today. He, it is true that he finished, in the end, he finished behind his teammate, but he felt so confident. He overtook many drivers. Uh, his engineer motivated him a lot in order to keep making the overtakes, to keep um, to keep improving, to keep that strong and consistent pace. And after all, he got it. He got that strong pace and... He, and he was able to save his tires in a, in a really efficient way, which is, again, something I mentioned before, how important it is for any single race. And uh, he did it. And this is the reason why he got these results. I hope this is the beginning of something great for, for Ricciardo in McLaren. And let's hope that this can boost his confidence a lot. I'm sure that if it does, then, then for sure he's going to achieve amazing results with McLaren, which is a, a very competitive car that has been improving a lot. And then it is uh, Lando Norris, who finished fifth, he started eighth, and yes, once again, as we are used to see this season, the best of the rest, the only driver who has finished inside the top 10 in every single race this season so far, and I have to admit that in general, to make a conclusion about McLaren, the, the qualifying session, even I include the practice sessions, but those uh, sessions before the race, their, their pace wasn't really good. You, you can see it by the results that they got on Saturday. So I thought, and even the beginning of the race was, wasn't really good. In, in fact, Lando Norris lost three positions uh, by turn one. So really, it was a, a difficult start. But then throughout the race, it's like they, they, they were so competitive, so unstoppable to, to the rest of the, uh, of the cars uh, without, of course, considering the leaders. They were so competitive that I I was even surprised, I was even very excited watching it. Um, And definitely it is a great result for for McLaren and thanks to it, now they retake that third position in the in the Constructors Championship and now they build build a a 16 points gap against uh, Ferrari in that championship. So all smiles for McLaren this weekend. And then now we're heading into the battle for the for the leading places it first, Valtteri Bottas finished in fourth position, he started third, and I wouldn't say his race was bad, really, I, I wouldn't say it. Uh, in fact, his performance was good, I just think that the that the strategy provided by Mercedes just wasn't the best. They tried to do the undercut uh, on on Verstappen, but it but it didn't work, and in the end, Bottas got really angry, got really upset with the team, saying that they never listened to him, and that... And that they should have done a second pit stop. And in that last sentence, that they should have done a second pit stop, I completely have to agree with it. I completely have to agree because if they would have done that second pit stop, maybe Bottas could have been in the podium. Of course, things happened the way, the way it did, but it could have been. And even, let's imagine, well, uh, Perez overtook Bottas, all right. He, he was going to finish in that fourth position. Still, he was 45 seconds ahead of Lando Norris. So it was a free pit stop, you know, maybe, maybe he could even have done two, but well, it was a free pit stop, so the fact that there was a free pit stop there and there was a, a, a lot of margin, I think the Mercedes could have made a, a second pit stop and, so that Baltry could have gotten the, the fastest lap of the race. You know, it is a point that is very important for him and for the team in general. And in the end, they did it. So they didn't do it. So that's why I say it it was a really poor strategy from Mercedes. Surprising that this happened. Surprising that I'm saying this. But it did. It did, really. And now that we're heading into the podium places. First, Sergio Perez finished third position, starting fourth on the grid. Once again, the Mexican driver finishing in the podium. A very, very strong performance by him. And what I really liked is that he saved his tires a lot. Probably up to lap 30, something like that. He even led a few laps in this race. And thanks to it, he only made one pit stop for the hard tires. And, he, and the conditions of those tires were much better than the ones from the Mercedes. So thanks to it, he overtook Valtteri Bottas a few laps before the end. And he got that pot in place. And then Lewis Hamilton finished in second position. He started in that same position, and I feel he's really disappointed with that result. Really disappointed. Even though he gets the first podium for the first time since the Spanish Grand Prix, it must feel it must have been it must have been an eternity <laughs> for him. But but I, I don't know. I feel that he was extremely disappointing. Um, the only the only positive thing that happened to him was the mistake that Max Verstappen made at the the beginning of the race by turn two or turn three uh, That thanks to it, he was leading the race for the first part of the race, but then uh, But then in the end he was always behind uh, His biggest rival in this season and that's right. We're talking about Max Verstappen who finished first position He got I mean it was a perfect weekend for him. He got pole position and fastest lap of the race And honestly, what a weekend, what a weekend, what a race by Max Verstappen. The race was brilliant, probably one of the strongest ones uh, this season. And the strategy provided by Red Bull was just so impressive, so impressive. It's a very similar one to to the one that Mercedes used at the the Spanish Grand Prix and even at 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 the 2019 Hungarian Grand Prix. And yes, Verstappen did the overcut at the, first pit, at the first pit stop. Then he got to defend from both Mercedes, which he did it perfectly. And then they decided around lap 35, if I'm not wrong, when Verstappen was around 3.5 seconds ahead of Lewis Hamilton, Red Bull decided to to make a pit stop uh, for the medium tires. And at the beginning, people were like, people were, especially Red Bull fans, were like freaking out because they they were they thought. What the hell are they doing? Like, they, they had the pace. What are they doing? Maybe they were afraid that, that Hamilton was going to pit and make the, um, and once again try to uh, close the gap between them, such as it happens several times. So maybe in the end, Red Bull did it. And for many moments, uh, you thought, or, or at least I thought that Verstappen was not going to do it. Because yes, he was much faster, one, between one and two seconds faster. But after all, he had to overtake Valtteri Bottas, that he did it without any problem. And then he had to overtake Lewis Hamilton, which surprisingly, he did it without any problem at the first attempt and with two laps left. You know, just two laps left. And what can I tell you, really? It was a very exciting race, a very exciting performance for, for Max Verstappen, and the perfect weekend for Red Bull, really. Not only because they finished this is. An Instagram post that I made about it not only because they made uh, uh, the positions that they finished one first and third uh, the best ones in probably since 2013 I guess so maybe but also because of the strategy how much this means to them and after all we can conclude by saying Max Verstappen is now 12 points ahead of Lewis Hamilton in the drivers championship and Red Bull is 40 points ahead of mercedes in the constructors championship so this clearly shows how perfect this weekend has been for red bull from the qualifying session to the race and what can i tell you really it was a a, a brilliant race really a brilliant race i i really i wasn't expecting this this kind of a race we saw a lot of factions a lot of overtakes in in every single area of the of the of the race and in, and in every single position from the leading places there it was a constant battle uh, practically every lap and even in the in the places in order to finish inside the top 10. I, I really liked it uh, I feel I felt that there were four drivers who were actually fighting for that first position in the end it was as you know Max Verstappen who won but uh, definitely This is so exciting to finally see a strong battle for the Drivers' Championship between Verstappen and Hamilton, something that we haven't seen in a while for many seasons. It is very exciting and and this is the reason why this race on the one hand was so good, but at the same time, on the other hand, this season has been so good. Uh, A lot of races where we are seeing a lot of quality and really it's all. After all, that's uh, the most important thing and that's uh, the way that we get entertained by it but well next weekend let's remember that we have another race which is the Austrian Grand Prix Formula One will be returning there and this is usually one of the races that excites me the most that I feel that the Red Bull ring is a track that is uh, simply excellent and we often see great races there let's hope that this is the occasion as well so well this was the end of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, you can also follow me on Instagram. Wheels on fire. The account is growing a lot. We are making a, a lot of posts in general about races, uh, opinions, news, uh, everything in general. And I also upload uh, news about the about the podcasts. So you can check it out if you want. Is I'm sure you're going to like it. But well, once again, this is the end. And as I always say, thank you very much. And see you in the next podcast.